It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 367 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, August 9th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy in high gear right now. Josh Lloyd doing work throughout the summer, teeing up next season from a fantasy perspective for you. So make sure you're checking that out. I'll be on an episode of that in the next month or so as he does team previews. Uh, We did that last year as well, so you know what that's all about. Locked On NBA is still going. Daily shows with a bunch of different hosts from across the network uh, filling in Monday through Friday. And, of course, you can find them all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. And if you find a show on the channel that you like individually, whether it's a host you like or a team you're interested in, please go to that separate iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher page and subscribe to that. Rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very helpful to uh, the hosts and, uh, in particular, me. If you go for the Locked On Raptors page, it's very helpful. Lots of reviews on there right now. I believe we are leading the entire Locked On Podcast Network in total reviews, so thank you for that. Uh, but please, keep adding to my league because it makes me feel good. Uh, all right, on today's show, joined by our pal Vivek Jacob. Vivek, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, t- today's podcast, full disclosure, we don't have that much to talk about, so we're probably going to try to milk it a little bit. Um, because we want to have you having podcasts throughout the summer. So we're just going to touch on a few things. Uh, first up, we're going to kind of touch on a bit of Greg Monroe in a more serious way than we did on uh, Tuesday with Katie Heindel and James Herbert. Uh, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, listen to it. It's very fun. But we didn't really analyze the Monroe signing uh, all that much. Last week, we kind of talked about some of the reasons why it's not the best fit in the world. Uh, Vivek had some good points as to why it would make sense too, but we'll go a little bit more in depth on sort of the good stuff that Monroe might bring to the Raptors. Uh, Also, there's some schedule stuff to talk about. Raptors fans love uh, getting angry about the schedule, so we'll talk about that too. And uh, Kawhi Leonard spoke today, so we'll get into that as well. Uh, Yeah, all that today. We'll... Try to go not too long, 25 minutes or so. Let's start with Greg Monroe, though. He's the newest Raptor, one-year, $2.2 million deal, as we alluded to on Tuesday's podcast. Um, He's presumably going to be the fourth big, presumably going to be like the 13th or 14th man on the roster. Vivek, I don't know, what was your reaction when the signing actually happened? I know we talked about it last week, but uh, how has your opinion of it evolved since the signing happened on Monday? Yeah, I think... The key here is the fact that it's at the minimum, right? I think there was some talk that going into it that Greg Monroe might be looking for something in the range of the mid-level. So, um, you know, at at the minimum, it's a very low cost. It's a guy that brings experience. He brings size and adds to the depth. You know, you look at the center position, depending on where Baco fits in, um, he'll be used more or less, you know, like you said, that that 13th, 14th man on the roster. Um, so at that, uh, taking all that into consideration, I think, you know, it's not a bad guy to have. Um, 
his rebounding numbers have been pretty good over the course of his career. Um, if he comes in with the bench mob, I think uh, I talked about the la- last podcast where you know one of the concerns that maybe the bench mob had was their ability to score in the half court. And so you look at Greg Monroe, his ability to score in the half court. You look at um, his ability to pass the ball out of the post as well. Uh, that's maybe something that Nick Nurse can work with. Uh, so he gives you a decent option at that 13-14 spot where, you know, it's not just a complete loss. And so, uh, and if anything, uh, I tweeted this as well, you know, if anything, he's just a bruiser for JV in practice for, you know, <laughs> when, when he's got to prep for uh, maybe a rematch with Washington and Dwight Howard and uh, whoever else, uh, maybe Aaron Baines, you know. Well, what the hell is Jamal McGlure going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, all good points. And like a couple of the things that, you know, maybe I didn't touch on quite uh, as positively last week, but still are useful things to have. Like I still stand by the fact that I, in an ideal world, Monroe doesn't play very much because I think the best use of these Raptors players is to have Ibaka and JV pretty much split center minutes. And you kind of work it around those two, have, you know, Jonas play 24, have Ibaka play like 20 if you can, and then just sort of give the rest away if you're going to give it to Pascal or Greg Monroe, whoever. Like, I just don't want Monroe to be like a like a full-time factor. Like, I don't want him having the Jakob Pirtle role where he's just like the hockey change backup center who comes in and then Serge Ibaka doesn't play a lot of five. At the same time, it's nice to have Monroe in case you want to sort of, you know, pace yourself. And I, I think maybe we haven't really talked about that angle of things. I mean, the Raptors are going to be really good. They're going to win a lot of games. I think there's been a lot of focus put on sort of the, you know, maybe the early part of the season, maybe not yielding quite as many wins just because it's a new coach and Kawhi Leonard's being worked in and there's a lot of change going on. So maybe it's going to take some time for them to get rolling and maybe they won't be in the position down the stretch to sort of rest guys and, and sort of worry about maintaining you know full health over the course of the full season at the same time if that that's something they're going into the season with a plan of doing regardless of whether they're winning games or not because they're going to be a good a high seeded playoff team anyway in all likelihood then having Monroe is nice and you can kind of limit the exposure of a Baki. you can keep him at the four you know if you want to sort of you know against worse teams where you're not worried about matchups and things like that just to get through the season it's useful to have a guy like Monroe, Monroe on the team I'd still, against the top competition, like to see him like not play at all and see the Raptors get experimental and play small. And I still think there's going to be room to do that within games, but it is nice to have that insurance policy of a guy who is kind of just like a like-for-like stand-in for JV, just a little bit worse of a defender, but it's still, you know, not you're not falling off a cliff to, you know, some guy that's unproven or some undrafted. Like, Chris Boucher is nice, but I think I'd be a little bit trepidatious if... You know, Jonas were to miss 25 games with an injury and you have Chris Boucher having regular runs. So that, that all makes sense and it's going to help them get through the season a little bit more seamlessly, which is fine. I just do, I still stand by the fact that I think it's going to depress their ability to maximize their lineups on a nightly basis. But again, maybe that doesn't matter. And that's something we talk about now. But when it gets into January and they're, you know, blowing teams out and it's not really mattering, they, they can still roll with the Jonas Ibaka front court and it's all good. Then I think that you know maybe that's a concern that we don't really think about, and we're not too um, concerned about crafting the best lineups for 48 minutes a night, which is probably a good thing. Um, another thing too is Monroe probably instantly becomes, aside from maybe Siakam, the best passing big man the Raptors have, especially of all the guys who are going to play center. And you know we've seen in the past that the Raptors have had some trouble with their bigs making decisions and moving the play along, and I'm not sure how much it's going to be a concern with Kawhi Leonard as opposed to Demar Derozan, just because. You know, I wonder 
how defenses will change how they play against the Raptors with Kawhi. I mean, maybe they'll trap a lot more still, and maybe they'll be forcing bigs to make decisions, but if you get into a situation where Jonas is struggling and Serge is doing a brick hand thing where he can't make a pass and it just gets stuck to his hands and he's making, you know, he's pump faking around the court for four seconds, if that happens in a, in a tight playoff game or whatever, and that's the biggest thing that's, you know, being detrimental to your ability to win, throw in Monroe. He can throw a couple of passes. He's a very good passer. He's you know been able to do some stuff from the elbows as well. He played like some like de facto point guard almost for the Celtics last season. Like he didn't bring the ball to the court, but they throw it to him early and he kind of facilitate from there because they didn't really have a healthy point guard late in the season. So that's a nice little wrinkle to have too. It's something he doesn't that the other two guys who are going to play a lot of center probably don't really possess. So that's not bad. You know, you sort of work in some different skills. So. I'm not as down as it, as uh, down on it as I was like a week ago, but still, I don't think it's like the perfect signing. But the the money and just sort of if he's taking that money, maybe that sort of hints that he's not really itching for an enormous role and he's happy to just be on a good team. I don't know; it's hard to say exactly what's in his head, but I'm fine with it now. Um, anything else yeah, on Greg? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you pretty much covered everything uh, in terms of you know the long term over the course of the season and then how he helps in that way. But I, I think it's something that could even play into very early in the season. You know, you look at the back-to-back that the Raptors have against the Celtics and the Wizards. Yeah. That's easily a scenario where Monroe could factor in on the second night where you're going up against a Dwight Howard. Um, and, you know, those who remember last season, Dwight Howard absolutely abused Jakob Pertl and Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe Grant, Grant Monroe is a different option that you can throw at him now uh, on these back-to-back nights where he can be more of a, a factor. So I think those those are the type of nights where we'll see him be more of a factor, and then in the playoffs maybe not so much, and it'll be you know extremely matchup oriented. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think for what the Raptors were lacking, I think he does address some of those needs. And uh, again, at the minimum, as you said, you're not going to get the perfect signing. Uh, but this is probably as good as you can get at that minimum. Yeah, and I think one last thing, like we kind of, I think, have been coached the last five years to just assume the roles are going to be the same every single night and it's going to be the same rotations, and I don't think Nick Nurse is really going to go that way, so maybe we'll see games where Monroe plays a lot and stretches where he doesn't play at all, so we won't really know exactly how the Raptors are going to use him until I think a little deeper into the season, but yeah, it's all... uh, it's all good. He's the 14th man. We were talking ourselves into Jared Sollinger starting for this team two years ago, so things are looking up. Um, <laughs> God damn. Uh, you made a pretty good segue there. Let's get to uh, the second thing we we're going to talk about today. The schedule. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Raptors are uh, not playing on Christmas again. That is a big uh, source of indignation for Raptors fans, as it always is. Um, Of course, the NBA released their uh, preliminary, like, primo schedule for the opening week for MLK Day and for Christmas Day. And the Raptors only appear on the opening week. There's some good stuff in there that we'll talk about. But Christmas, let's talk about that, because people love getting mad about not playing on Christmas. Um, Vivek, are you on the side of people who are upset about this? I am. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I think there is a legitimate gripe uh, this year. Um, you know, I, I know people like to mention that. Oh, you know, 
it's been forever since the Raptors have had a Christmas game. Uh, you know, they've been in the league long enough. This is the longest stretch of winning that they've had. And if there was a case for it, you would think it would be in the year that they're coming off the number one seed. They've acquired a top five player in the league. You look at the storylines last year. Kawhi was one of the top storylines right throughout the season. Um, and now, you know, you have an opportunity where if he was going back to San Antonio, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not even saying the game needs to be in Toronto, you, his first game back in San Antonio, if that was the Christmas Day game, I, I mean, <laughs> which basketball fan isn't going to watch that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't buy it. I think, uh, I think Adam Silver has got to take a look uh, at how Toronto gets looked at in these games. I don't think it's good enough anymore to just say that, oh, it's a numbers thing, uh, and so we can't do it. Um, I think we're in a time now where you can generate streaming revenue. There's a whole bunch of ways to generate revenue. If you really want to make Toronto feel like one of 30 and not there's 2019s and then there's this one other team in Canada, I think he's got to take a serious look and say, how do we not have that be a factor in making these decisions? Because clearly, like, there's no good, I'm sorry, but there's no good reason that Portland and Utah should be playing over Toronto, San Antonio. There just isn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to watch San Antonio, to be honest. I mean, that would be an interesting game from a drama perspective, but, like, as a game, I don't really care about watching the Spurs. I'd rather watch Utah and Portland than the Spurs as a team. Um, But, like, your your point's well taken, and, like, I, I totally agree that it's not just enough to be like, oh, hey, we don't get Canadian, you know, revenue dollars, so, like, whatever. Like, there's still going to be a bunch of people in the States watching that game. If people are going to tune in to watch a Jazz and Portland game, they're going to tune in to watch a Raptors game with whatever other team. They're going to watch the Knicks play the Bucks. Like, that's where there's sort of a disconnect there. It's like assuming that the only people who will watch this Raptors game are from Canada, which is just not true. Um, Basketball fans are going to watch the team. They're going to be relevant. And that's all totally fair. That said, I'm so happy that they're not playing on Christmas. I think it's uh, like, first of all, I, I like I do get the arguments from the other side, like oh the the like the, 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 the television dollars, whatever. Like they're gonna hang that onto that as a crutch, like fine, whatever. The biggest thing for me is like I just I don't really care about Christmas games. I prefer I would prefer if there weren't Christmas games at all. Why do we make a third of the league along with you know the media for all the national broadcasts and all the teams that are playing? cover basketball on, on, on Christmas Day. I don't really get it. Uh, and I like as a fan of the team, I'm happier that Kyle Lowry gets to spend Christmas with his kids as opposed to playing basketball, perhaps on the road away from home. Like I just we don't need okay. to have basketball every single day. So that's kind of my whole stance on it. And I'm very glad the Raptors don't have it. I'm glad I don't have to pay attention to the game. I'd rather be getting day drunk and watching the games just kind of hanging around in the background and tuning in if it's a close game in the fourth quarter. That's kind of my routine. I'm not saying that's the same as everyone's, and I'm not telling people how to watch basketball on Christmas. That's just kind of my opinion on it. And I uh, I think it's weird that we force so much of the league to play on Christmas Day. That's just me. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I guess if that's your opinion then cool if not you're not going to be moved off of it that's cool and there are lots of arguments for why the Raptors should be playing on Christmas I'm just not particularly upset about it and I think you know what we've seen with this opening schedule the opening week I don't think the Raptors are going to be slighted in the national TV department this season I really think they're going to have a lot of games on national TV 
They had the Celtics. Uh, it was announced the Friday, October 19th, the probably the second game of the season, if you're just looking at how the schedule's working out. That's at home against the Celtics on ESPN. That's going to be a great game. That's going to be a highly anticipated one for sure. Potential Eastern Conference Finals preview and all this stuff. Gordon Hayward back. Like This is going to be... Uh, a really intense game. It's going to be great in Toronto. The atmosphere will be awesome, all that stuff, and that's going to be on ESPN. Uh, and then the next one, NBA TV on the Saturday against the Washington Wizards. Also, you know, whatever, it's the rematch of the playoffs. The Wizards are kind of blah, but that's an interesting matchup, one of the better Eastern Conference matchups you can get. And I think that's kind of where I find solace in all this, is that the East is bad, and there are a lot of uninteresting teams in the East, and I think the Raptors... It's undeniable, if you're making the national TV schedule, it's undeniable that they are more interesting than most of the teams in the Eastern Conference, aside from, like, two. And if you're making the schedule, you can't just not have them on national TV because casual basketball fans are going to want to watch a team that is a 50-plus win team with Kawhi Leonard, and it's just that's going to be a thing that gets worked into the schedule. So I think we're going to see probably every single Raptors-Celtics game nationally broadcast, probably three of the four Sixers-Raptors games nationally broadcast, and, you know, Raptors-Bucks, Raptors-Pacers. Like, I think the Raptors are going to be worked into the national TV schedule because LeBron's in the West now, and the 7 o'clock time slot is about to get real lean, and the Raptors are one of the best teams to slot in there as one of the regular rotation teams over there. So... I, that's kind of, you know, they're not going to get a Christmas game, fine. I think there's going to be plenty of nationally televised games. And also the thing is, like, if you're in Canada, you don't even get to watch the national broadcast unless you're doing it by nefarious means anyway, which do you. I do it sometimes too. But, like, it's not like the, the, the national broadcast is readily available up here anyway. You're not finding the ESPN broadcast unless it's on ABC on your TV guide. So, like, I don't know why we make such a big deal out of this to begin with, but... You know, that's uh, that's just my opinion on it. I have takes on this, apparently. But see, the Christmas game is on ABC, Sean. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, I, I see both sides of it. I mean, even last year, you know, I was hoping the Raptors would get a Christmas game. They didn't. And I was like, okay, they didn't. But yeah. I think part of why maybe I'm a little more uh, annoyed that they didn't get it this year is because outside of the fact that they would have been totally deserving is um, obviously you don't expect it to be a any part of a factor in Kawhi coming back to Toronto but I think it would have been uh, a nice notch in the belt for the front office to say hey you came here look we got a Christmas game mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think that it, like when you look at all the stuff that uh, has come out about Kawhi wanting that superstar status and wanting to be treated like that I think it would have been a nice notch on the belt mm-hmm. that's fair um I was gonna go. Oh, if anyone is still upset about national TV games, go to Jacob Greenberg's Twitter at Jacob JBG. He had a good thread yesterday. He's a Warriors guy. Uh, he had a good thread yesterday about how national broadcasts aren't all they're cra- are not all they're cracked up to be, and uh, kind of ruin the experience if you have them too much and it's oversaturated with it. That's just. I'm totally on board with that. I just, I, I, it's not something I can really get too worked up about in the way that most Raptors fans do. I get worked about it in the opposite way, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's just where I'm at on that. Are we all good on the schedule stuff? Are you excited yes, for the sir. schedule drop? Or like, are there any? I don't know. Do you get like schedule thirst? Because I like they're gonna play 82 games in some order. It's fine. Like I'm not too concerned. Are you uh, like waiting with bated breath for the schedule to drop tomorrow? Um. Yeah. I mean, just more in terms of for me planning out my stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, no. I, I'm looking forward to when. DeRozan's coming back to Toronto and when Kawhi's going to be in San Antonio. Um, that's more out of curiosity. It's not like, yeah. you know, 
I don't, I don't think it would have made a difference to me if it came out tomorrow or you know September first. The day whatever. before the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, let's quickly touch then on uh, Kawhi Leonard, who uh, spoke, uh, or not spoke, he doesn't speak. He put out a statement uh, thanking the Spurs a whole lot. It was kind of yes. weird. He put his logo on it. He did it in purple font. Anything of note from this thing? I, like we are scraping the bottle, bottom of the barrel with topics here, but hey, we only have a few minutes to fill. Um, any opinions on Kawhi Leonard's statement towards the San Antonio Spurs? It was kind of weird, right? A little bit. Uh, I mean, it, it seemed almost a little bit forced. Yeah. Like something he just got to the point where it was like, okay, this is something I have to do. Like all of the thank yous. Like he's. It's like he almost wanted to put them all in Comic he, Sans and underlined. And yeah, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was something he would have had to have done at some point. Um, and I think it's good that you know this sort of closes the chapter on San Antonio. And so maybe now the next time there is some kind of statement or assurance from Kawhi, it'll all be Raptors related. Mm. Um, at least that's what you hope. It'd be nice if he had something to say about the Raptors before <laughs> <laughs> before training camp. But. Um, yeah, it is what it is. I, I don't have much to take away from it. He thanked, he thanked the fans. He thanked uh, the organization. He thanked the players. So, yeah, again, it was a solid PR move. <laughs> yeah, uh, a very strange one at that. Anything from this that uh, you are adding to the conspiracy corkboard, the he's staying uh, doctrine or whatever the hell we're calling it, the, 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 the Charlie Day corkboard of all the things that are leading us to believe that he's staying, um, along with the uh, clipping of the story about him with a meeting with Nick Nurse, the picture with him, Messiah and Bobby Webster are all smiling. Um, does anything from here pique your interest as something that you're going to use as a reason to tell yourself that he's going to stay with the Raptors? No, not at all. I mean, he said, I look forward to my next chapter, but he didn't specifically mention Toronto or you know maybe he's just gonna write the season off and say his next chapter is in LA next year but <laughs> look it's in uh, it's in a purple font promising I think uh, we can all agree on that uh, he I want to see if there's like a way that I can like put all together the uh, the beginning letters of uh, there's lots of T's because he starts most of the paragraphs with thank you so there's not really a code within that I might decipher it a little bit that to find something that he's like, that says like he's staying. I'm not sure. I have to look. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. You do that, Sean. Yeah. It's, 
It'll well, be a pr- pretty quiet Thursday. The I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my career. I'm gonna cut that out as well and put it on the on the bulletin board next to the photo of him signed Bobby Webster. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an entire bulletin board of everything that's gonna? convince you that he's gonna stay i'm thinking about it like a like a wire like uh whatever the hell they call it flow chart of all the things that yeah. he says yeah i'll have the, the little box that i put in at the end of the year the Kawhi for agency 2018 um put it into the the box to pack it up for the next time yeah no i um i might do that it's kind of fun <laughs> and i look forward to it. and it's august 9th so what the hell else are we gonna do yep exactly um I don't, anything else? Any parting shots? Anything that you've gotten up to this week you want to talk about before we wrap up? Anything I've gotten up to this week? No, not really. No. Uh, looking forward to a softball tournament that I have on Saturday. Hell yeah! Where did, um, what position do you play in softball? Um, I mostly play shortstop. Okay. Uh, but sometimes, I guess, it just depends on what we need, so I can end up at third or in the outfield. I'm, right. I'm pretty fast, so... Um, yeah, it just kind of depends on what the team needs, but... If, if I had to pick, then I'd pick shortstop. Right on. I'm in the middle of a very good hitting season. I'm in, I'm in the middle of a Vlad-like season. Although Vlad, yeah. before he really got power, so like his single-day time where he didn't hit a ton of homers but just got on base all the time, that's pretty much where I'm at with my softball league at McMaster. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving around the diamond as well. I'm kind of our utility guy. I'll play anywhere, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. It's, uh, are you a co-ed league or a men's league? Uh, this is going to be co-ed. Yeah, co-ed uh, leagues are fun. Those, they're 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 very chill and fun. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those all-day tournaments, so it's kind of just a fun day with friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We have a tournament. If anyone wants to come out to watch the Phoenix Cup, August twenty-third to twenty-sixth at McMaster University, come watch us uh, get drunk and play softball. It's gonna be great. Oh, my team name is Kawhi Nut. There's your Raptors. Oh, nice. Club. So <laughs> that's very good. Uh, our team name is not quite as interesting. Uh, we're, we're just the bad news beers because uh, we're super basic. Um, <laughs> we should wrap this thing up. Vivek, thank you for coming on the podcast. Do you have anything thank- you would like to plug? Um, no, not too much going on. Um, m- maybe I'll put these uh, Christmas Day game thoughts on paper. And, I mean, well, not paper, but WordPress. <laughs> on WordPress, and maybe some people will like to comment on it. Some people won't, and- We'll go from there. People commenting on Raptors content? Never heard of that before. <laughs> uh, all right. Do that. Follow Vivek at Vivek M. Jacob. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. Sorry this one dragged on because there wasn't much to talk about, but we love giving you the content, so uh, I'm not going to apologize too vociferously. Uh, we'll be back again next week. A couple episodes. Not sure exactly what we're going to do yet. Maybe something else breaks. Maybe, maybe Kawhi talks. Maybe we see Kawhi in a jersey. Maybe Kawhi shows up to the three-on-three tournament somewhere or, and, and joins a team. Who knows? If that happens, we'll, we'll have you covered on Lockdown Raptors as we will for the rest of the summer. And we'll get back up with the daily shows probably around the time of media day. But that's still so far off. Um, until then, subscribe, rate, review, as I said. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Lockdown Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 